0: Were you cloudy this morning or pretty empty? No, it was a big minion. No 20 uh, people there today. Um... Hold on. Hoodie, someone's waiting for you at the Wasserman's backyard. How'd you get that one? Oh, yeah. right. Um... Okay, so, first of all, uh, welcome everyone, nice to restart the class at Yom Tev, Bar HaShem. Unfortunately, I will be a shorter class today because I have to attend a funeral, which, um, yeah, it seems, as far as I understand, it's on Zoom, so I don't have to go anywhere, but I do have to finish the class. Um, What I would like to do today and over the next, um, probably two and possibly three weeks, is learn the halachas of yeshiva basukah, of the mitzvah of uh, sitting, or dwelling, or eating in the sukkah, as we'll see. Um, And uh, we've just finished doing this mitzvah, but uh, it's never too early to prepare for next year, and uh, it's an interesting topic, there's a lot of interesting um, things to discuss, and it's one of the things that are usually difficult to find the time to do before circus because there's so much else going on so I figured now would be a good time to do so so um, we're gonna start from the sources. we'll see the the various gomaras and, um, whoops sorry We'll see the various Gemaras and how they pertain. Oh, interesting. How they pertain um, practically. So first of all, we're going to start with the Mishnah and Masech the Daf Dath, Chavches, Amon Beis. The Pasuk says that... W- in, 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 in modern jargon or whatever, we talk about eating in the sukkah. But actually, it doesn't say anywhere in the Torah that I shall eat in the sukkah. It says, Ba is teshvu shivasyomim. Teshvu means to dwell. Right? We just had in yesterday's parasha that Cain v'yeshev be'aretz noid. He dwelled in the land of noid. Um... And indeed, the bracha that we make on the sukkah is leishev basukah, or leishev le- It's the same, the, to, in Hebrew, the, to dwell and to sit, it's the same word, yeah? leishev basukah, to dwell in the sukkah, that's the bracha we make. So even though we don't make the bracha on other activities done in the sukkah other than eating, usually, although there are exceptions to that rule, as we will see in the coming weeks, but the mitzvah itself is to dwell in the sukkah. And this is described by the Mishnah. It's in the Mesach of base. that's in the Gemara, in the Mishnayas, It is, I believe, the last Mishnah of the second chapter of Sukkah, um, where it says, For the entire seven days, a person um, makes his Sukkah his primary residence, and his house his um, secondary residence. Um, And then the Mishnah goes on to say the laws of what happens when it's raining. But if it's not raining, then your sukkah is your primary um, residence. And in the words of the Rambam, on his commentary to this Mishnah, he says, (laughs) He should consider his home his house as if it was a base hashimush which basically I'm not sure if base shimush means like a toilet like people used to have a bathroom outside in the back or it means like a shed you know you, you have a shed you have some other storage room or some other um, structure on your property that is secondary the and the sukkah is where you live so you it's like you're moving home you're moving out of 2957 West Jarvis, or whatever your address is, and you're moving into this structure, into the backyard. Now, just like the whole year you live in your house, it doesn't mean you never step into your storage house, or you never step into your backyard, or you never step out. So, so too on (laughs) Sookas, you live in the sukkah, but that doesn't mean you can never step out if if you need to go. And again, we're talking here about not just being, we're talking about dwelling. Um... Arguably, you could say that you don't live in your kitchen, you don't dwell year-round, right? Your kitchen is a place where you go when you need to cook, but your, 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 your table, your, your dining room, or some people have in the kitchen an eating area, but the, 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 the eating area, the lounge, the living room, the bedrooms, those are the rooms where you live, those are the rooms where you dwell, right? So just like on, during the year you leave your home, you leave your dining room, living room, office, bedroom, to go to the kitchen when you need to cook a meal, and then you come back to the, the to the eating area when you need to eat it. So the same is true on Sukkot so that you could leave the sukkah to go and uh, cook a meal. But I may be jumping ahead a bit, of, a little bit. Let's see the Gemara. So this is a Braisa, a Tanaic teaching quoted by the Gemara. Kol shiva sayamim for the entire seven days. Adam Oysa Sukosik keva. A person makes his sukkah primary or basic his house, um, temporary or sort of secondary. That's the quote from the Mishnah. and here the Gemara, the Brayst um, enumerates, el- 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 elaborates how this is accomplished. How you like Kalim If a person has nice utensils, malam um, sukkah. noise, If you have nice um, couches or furniture, Malon sukkah. So the first thing is that you take your right, you, you, just like you decorate your home um, with a, you know you put nice furniture in your home, you put uh, your silverware on display in your home. Um, so now the sukkah is your home. So put your silver, you put your silverware, your, your 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 you know your display cabinet. What's it called? The front, Inside the sukkah, and put your nice couches and furniture in the sukkah. Now that is something which is very rare to see people actually doing that. the um, uh, Few and far between are people who actually move their couches and their, um, you know, ornaments into the sukkah. I'm not talking about decorating the sukkah. People. Don't, the, it's a separate discussion because the Chabad custom is not to decorate the sukkah, but the people who do decorate the sukkah don't usually decorate it in the way that they would decorate the house. Nobody has paper chains and, and, and grapes hanging from their ceilings, right? Not so, not <laughs> um, but anyway, but uh, maybe we'll get back to that. Then the Brazor continues. Oichel v'shoysa o You have to eat and drink and metayel now the word metayel in the, certainly in modern Hebrew is usually used f- t- for taking a stroll, um, but in this context, it doesn't mean that you have to take a stroll in your sukkah, because um, some sukkahs are not big enough to go for a walk. Um, but the word matayil, um means to, in a, a, you might say, "levalot" to to spend time, um, just you know, when you're just being, when you're when you're just chilling, right? When you're just relaxing. Um, that's th- that's to do it in the sukkah. And again, these three things. So the Mishnah said three things: to eat, to drink, and to spend time. Those are three things that one has to do in the in the sukkah. And it appears from the context over here that this is the biblical mitzvah. It's a biblical mitzvah to eat in the sukkah. It's a biblical mitzvah to drink in the sukkah. It's a biblical mitzvah to spend time in the sukkah. Minah um, namili, How do we know this? The Tan Rabbanan Kein The pasuk says Basukas. You should. Like I translated it dwell in the sukkah, and this means ke'en The the it's the, uh, similar, comparable to the way you live in your to, you, to the way you live all year. Mikan Omron from here we uh, we deduce the deduce culture as for the entire seven days. Um, you uh, go into the sukkah. Okay, this is sort of almost repetitive over the previous brisa, but here the gemara adds this second brisa adds a another point. So the first Braister said, uh, so, so again, let's sort of break this out. The Mishnah said generically, you consider your house primary, your sukkah primary, and your house secondary. The Braister says house is accomplished by eating, drinking, and spending time in the sukkah. And now we have another Braister which also says e- eating, drinking, and spending time, but it adds a Mishanin by that you learn Torah in the sukkah. So when, it, when, when, it, when you sit down to learn Torah, you also have to learn in the sukkah. Now, this word that we used for learning in the Sukkah was Mishanin. The word Mishanin, we know that in this word from the Shema, you should teach them to your children, they teach the words of Torah to your children, it's in the Shema. Why does it say V'shinantam? The word V'shinantam actually literally means to make them sharp. And we say, The reason why learning Torah is considered L'shan is, is used the term of making it sharp is because that's the way we have to learn Torah, that we have to really analyze it and make sure that we're completely fluent with it and we understand it, you know, upwards, backwards, in all the different ways that we analyze Torah. So here, the browser used that word, M'shanin you learn Torah in an analytical way in the Sukkah, so the Gemara says, one second, Ravat says that when you learn Scripture or Mishnah, which are considered more basic, that you do in the sukkah. Um, but, but when you're learning the the sort of deep, analytical, more intense aspects of Torah, that you do outside the sukkah, because you may be more comfortable outside of the sukkah, and um, if you, when you need to analyze and really put on your thinking caps, you need to be comfortable to be able to do so. So that's why Ravi says you could do that out of the sukkah. Leikasha be migdus in the Gemara says that indeed this is the difference. Um, if you're doing, um, if you're studying more basic things which you can concentrate on comfortably in the sukkah, then you you do that in the sukkah. If you are um, learning more in depth, then you need more comfort and more space, or whatever it is, then you could learn out of the sukkah. And indeed, the Gemara brings the story, and we move on to Khaftasa <laughs> Um Okay, now, so basically what we've seen so far is that what the obligation is to eat, drink, spend time, and learn Torah, at least those aspects of Torah which you can concentrate on in the sukkah, is, um, has to be done in the sukkah. Now, there's also the mitzvah to sleep in the sukkah, which the Gemara does not discuss over here. That's discussed elsewhere, and in Yetz we will get to that. Now, if we turn back to Dafchof Hey Ahmed Aleph Hold on The Mishnah qualifies this statement Until now we've said that you have to eat in the Sukkah It seems you have to eat everything in the Sukkah But here the the previous Mishnah on Dafchof Hei Amid Aleph 25a says Aray um I don't know how to translate Arai very well. I mean, Arai can sometimes be translated as temporary, but here it means um, not... Uh, Ari, are you there? How are you, can you help me translate Mar, um, Arai? He's gone. Um, Ari Werbler, do you have a good translation for Arai? Temporary, not great. Yeah, but here's not temporary. You're not eating oh. temporary. Achilles, Achilles kva is when you sit down for a meal. A is a snack, right? Uh, that's a good way to, to describe it, right? So the Mishnah said, even though we've said you have to eat in the sukkah, again, it's not the Torah doesn't say anywhere you have to eat in the sukkah. It says you have to live in the sukkah. So um, when you have a meal, you have a meal in your house. You don't have a meal walking down the street, hopefully. But a snack, you might have. You go out of the house for a long day, you might have a protein bar in your pocket. So a snack you're allowed to have, an, and, and also a, a snack like a drink, you may have outside of the sukkah. Um, now, this the details of this, of how much and when and exactly you're allowed to eat outside of the sukkah, we're going to go into a little bit now, and then we'll go into more detail um, next time as it pertains to other relevant halachas, but a little bit we're going to go into tonight. The, 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 the objective of today's class, if we get there, is to talk about what the obligation of the first night of Sukkot is. I think many are familiar that there is a difference between the obligation of Sukkot the first night versus the rest of Yom Tov. So I wanted, that's what I want to try and get to tonight. Today, um, and um, then continue it next week. So, later on in the Gemara, at the bottom, the Gemara says, well, the Mishnah says you could eat Arai, you could eat a snack outside the sukkah. How much is considered Arai, how much is considered a snack, how much is considered not a full meal, that is permissible to have it outside the sukkah. Two or three eggs, I mean, it doesn't mean eggs, you could eat anything, the size, the volume, of two or three eggs. Two or three eggs, um, that amount, uh, again, He's saying that amount of food. It could be even bread. Rabbi Yosef would say that even if you're having bread, the volume of less than two or three eggs. I don't know what two or three means. Is it two or is it three? But whatever it is, right? Um, um, so then you have to um, you have to eat it in the sukkah. Says what do you mean? Sometimes a person may eat just two eggs or one and a half eggs worth of bread, let's say, and that would be enough. That would be um, that would be, it would fill them up. So, certainly you can say that two or three eggs' bulk worth of bread is considered a snack that may be eaten outside the sukkah. Ella Amar Abaya, rather Abaya says, how, how much is considered temporary, how much is considered a snack that's permissible to eat outside the sukkah? Um, how much a student of the yeshiva tastes before he goes out to the yeshiva? And Rashi says that um, in the morning when we go to the he's concerned that maybe the learning will take a long time. So he just takes something in his mouth. Now, this is really referring. Rashi doesn't say this explicitly, but it's referring to Gemara elsewhere, which says that pas shachris—that it's very important to eat um, breakfast. Um, but that it has to be eaten before, I think it says six hours in the day. If a person doesn't eat anything before six hours in the day, and only afterwards he has breakfast, then it's very bad for the body, unless he's eaten something in the morning. If he eats something in the morning, even a small bite, then it's okay to eat Pas shachris even after in the afternoon. Now, leaving aside all the details of the, the, the medical advice and exactly what it means and its application, um, the, referen- the, the relevance over here is that um, before the guy, the yeshiva student goes out to yeshiva, he may be concerned that the studying will extend past um, midday. So before he goes out, he grabs a quick bite so to be able to extend his um, his uh, sort of time frame. and Rashi doesn't say exactly how much the bite is, but Toysel says that what Abayim means is the size of one egg, because, uh because that's the maximum amount that a person could sort of fit in one in one bite is an egg a person could um, swallow an egg whole at least in theory but not more than that that's how much the base hablia can contain the, the throat or whatever it is Yep. Yeah? so 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 fine so, so in other words an eggs the abaya the, 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 says and this is how we pass in, that the volume of one egg of bread may be eaten outside the sukkah. An egg itself, if you're having eggs, at least in theory, we'll discuss this in more detail next week, but at least in theory, you could have 20 eggs outside the sukkah. But if you're eating bread, if you're eating the size of an egg, then you may eat it out of the sukkah. If you're eating more than the size of an egg, that can no longer be considered a snack, that's considered a meal, and must be eaten in the sukkah. Then the Gemara continues. One may eat um, a temporary snack outside the Sukkah, but you're not allowed to have a temporary nap, a sleep. Yeah, again, the difference between going to sleep and a nap. You're not even allowed to have a little tiny nap outside the Sukkah. Okay? And that we'll talk about more when we talk about the halachas and the customs of sleeping in the Sukkah. Okay. Now, hold on. I think the word you're looking for is substantial. Substantial versus? Uh, unsubstantial. Unsubstantial, okay. Ari, instead of putting yourself on mute and turning up, uh, in, turn your video on and put yourself on mute. At least we could see you. Then it's Choch uh, Maselden Panov. Okay. Yeah, uh... So before we you know, continue, that, 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 before uh, we continue into the... Sorry? So are people passing through the uh, video image? So. No, I don't mind seeing Batya. She's very cute. Okay. Um, so before we go on to this, to learn the halachas of the first night of sukkahs, let's see how everything we've said until now um, comes down into halachal HaMaisa. And we're going to read this from the Altarebbe Shulchan Aruch. Um... Chapter Toprishov Tes, I think it is. Yeah. No. Tofreish Lamontas. Hold on, I'm confused. Yeah, Lamatas. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not gonna do the whole sermon. it's a long sermon, recommended reading, but um, we're gonna do um, we're gonna do some stuff here. Ketan mitzvah, sukkah. This is uh, Musiv Dalit. <coughs> How is the mitzvah of sitting in the sukkah? The person should eat. You should drink. You should sleep. Again, we haven't yet seen the Gemara of sleeping. And vietayel, which the English here translates as relax. I think spending time is probably a more accurate... Um, translation for those of you who speak modern Hebrew, the word they, to use would be levalot. Um, but it's like it's like when your wife says spend time, not like when you say spend time, yeah, um, to be present and to dwell in the sukkah for all seven days, bein bayurim bein ba'laila whether during the day and also during the night. Just as he dwells in his own home throughout the year, if you want to speak to your friend. You stop him in the sukkah, you should go and speak to him in the sukkah, right? Uh, nowadays, we, nobody ever speaks to friends, but you might make a phone call. If you want to make a phone call, where are you supposed to do your phone call? In the sukkah. If you want to, uh, on Chalamoyed, of course, yeah? One, if you want to write an email, you take your laptop into the sukkah, and you write the email in the sukkah. Um, in summary, a person should regard his sukkah as his home. Anything that you don't usually do outside your home, you don't do outside your home. It doesn't say usually. Yep, yeah. so you shouldn't do outside his your sukkah. The vichach therefore. Throughout the seven days, you should read and study in the Sukkah. Unless you read and study in the beis So, in the Gemara, we saw the exception to studying in the Sukkah, to learning Torah learn in the Sukkah, is if you need the fresh air of, or the space of your home or some other place in order to be able to concentrate properly on your, properly on your learning. There's also another exception, and that is. Um, that if you want to go and study Torah in the base madrash, which is something that, that there's value to studying in the base madrash year round when you need to study. Where do you study? At home or do you study in shul? Right. So there's value to studying in shul, and that just like year round you might leave your home to study in shul. So and so because you could also leave your home to study in shul. If he studies in depth with careful scrutiny, you could learn outside the sukkah that we saw. So that his mind will be settled. Because the open air—that's very in vogue this year—the open air sukkah. Okay. It's subjective. If you are comfortable in the sukkah, then you do need to learn in the sukkah. Okay. Havdalah, again, so the Mishnah said, the Gemara said, sorry, that you have to eat and drink in the sukkah, so what about Havdalah, Havdalah um, somebody who does have, says Havdalah on, on the cup of wine, you have to go into the sukkah to make Havdalah there, because the rest of the year, you make Havdalah at home, so just like usually you go home to make Havdalah, on sukkahs, you go to the sukkah to make Now, we'll see soon um, whether or not, Chabad custom is that we say Leishev basukah when we make Havdal in the sukkah, um, but we don't say Leishev basukah when we drink wine otherwise on sukkahs, but we'll see about that soon. Again, it's it's going to be important today and over the next few, probably more in the coming weeks, to determine that there are are two questions, with every every. uh, Activity that you're doing. There's two questions. Number one, is it a must? You do it in the sukkah, or may you do it outside the sukkah? And of course, even if you may do it outside the sukkah, it may still be praiseworthy to do it in the sukkah. But on a basic level, is this an activity, a food, or an activity that I may? Eat or dve- uh, drink or do outside the sukkah, or must I do it in the sukkah? And then, if even even of those things which you say you must do in the sukkah, must I? Should, do, does it warrant the bracha of the basukkah? Those are two separate questions, as we'll see in the coming weeks. Now let's move to Seif Yud Aleph. Oh, sorry. So so we uh, we didn't skip this, but. Uh, uh, th- yeah, in the beginning of his design, the Alter brings the Gemara, the Gemara that we saw. <speaking in Hebrew> to Mishnah. You are allowed to eat a snack outside the Sukkah. Okay, so now, how much is a snack? So we saw the Gemara says Echbeitzer. <speaking in Hebrew> Rabbi Abayi says it's one egg's bulk, um, but let's um, see. Kvaram we have already stated. It's permissible to eat a snack outside the Sukkah. How much is a snack? Amount of food no greater than kabetza than an egg, the size of an egg. Because one commonly eats up to a mouthful at a time outside his home. Because a mouthful is the size, equivalent to the size of an egg. Um, it's interesting that. Nowadays, nowadays having a snack, the notion of a snack, is very much part of our culture nowadays. But it's very obvious from numerous places in halacha, uh, if you learn the halachas of Bir it's very obvious from numerous places in halacha that in the olden days there was no such thing as having a snack. You had a meal, you had two meals a day, or maybe some time on Shabbos you had three meals a day, and that was it. There was no, you know, taking a snack. So you know, having something on the go. You sat down, you washed, you had bread, you had meat, you had potatoes, whatever you had, and uh, that was your meal. So, at least in the time of the Gemara, uh, that's what we're saying. A person will never eat uh, more than a kibait, so just on the go, outside his house. Now, this is very interesting, because we know and again, this is, relates to this relates to also the laws of brachas on food. That there's essentially there's, there's there's three types there's three types of foods, as far as brachas are concerned. There's three types of food that are made from bread, that are made from flour, from, from grains. You have bread, which is hamayitzi. And then you have what halacha calls pas haba it's also bread, but it's not meal bread; it's snack bread, and that we make mezunas on it. Um, so that includes crackers and cookies and wafers and um, all of those things, which essentially they're bread. They're, they, they have flour, they have water, they have liquid, and they're baked in the oven. So they have the primary qualities of bread, but because they are not the type of bread that usually you eat for a meal, either because they they're very sweet or the various reasons that we discuss in the laws of brachas. So they they are bread. They're called pas, but it's not regular bread. bread it's pas Hababikistan, and again, literally that means bread that comes with pockets because it's referring to the filling. If you have a like a what you call today a Danish or something with a you know like with a filling, but um, so those things are also bread. But, instead of making ha we say muzayness, unless you kevei a unless you eat enough of them that you are making this into a meal, so then you say might And again, the exact details of how this pans out, and how much you have to eat, etc., um, is a uh, subject of other, another class. But, but essentially... Those things are bread. Usually you make masonous of them, unless you're eating a meal out of them, right? If, you, if, you, if you've ever lived in New York, you know there's this concept called masonous bread. Um, yeah, anyway. And then there are other things which are made from the five types of grain, which are also masonous, but they're not bread. And even if you eat 75 potfuls of them, it's still not bread. Those are called tavshil. Um, let's say pasta, right? Pasta is made from flour and water, but it's not bread. Why is it not bread? Because it's cooked and it's not baked right? Um, donuts. Donuts are fried, they're not baked. Um, uh, some things you could maybe quite, yeah, porridge, uh, you know, oats. Again, th- even if you have a lot of porridge and you make that your mainstay of your meal, you still don't have to wash because it's mazoinous, it's a shell, it's not bread, it's a, it's a cooked food item from grain. Now, um, there is discussion in the Paschim as to when it how does this pertain to sukkah. So if you're having more than a kibitz, uh, if you're having more than an egg's worth of bread or even of crackers and cookies and wafers, then certainly it must be eaten in the sukkah. But what about other types of mezynus like pasta or porridge? Where does that how does that come for the sukkah? So there are discussion in the Paschim. and outside of Chabad, you may see people who are careful. Ari, maybe you've encountered this. In Monty, people who are careful not to eat pasta um, on sukkah unless they have something else to say of basukah on, because um, it's a thing, but the Alter is explicit that if you're eating more than a kibetza, if you're eating more than an egg's worth of something made from grain, then even if it's a tavshel, even if it's a cooked food, then it does Um, it's absolute that you have to eat it in the sukkah as we'll see next week it warrants its own leshev basukah let's see that inside with regard to what does this apply with regards to bread made from one of the five types of grain or for the cooked food made of these types of grain hold on Um, but other types of food and certainly fruit even if you're eating many, a lot of fruit even if you are uh, fixing your, your meal you're, you're making it into your main meal right? if a person has um, apples for his whole diet that's his eating apples you're allowed to eat them outside the sukkah minim um, because um, because even eating a significant, how did you say Ari, substantial, what did Ari say? Substantial. A substantial meal out of oranges and grapes and apples is comparable to a small snack um, of bread and maybe eating out of the sukkah. Of course, um, it's also praiseworthy not to eat anything outside the sukkah. Again, we'll discuss that in future weeks. And I did just get a message that the funeral is in person, so I'm going to I'm going to stop over here, and the mitzvah will continue next week. Okay, so last week we kind of got interrupted and we didn't finish the entire thing. Um, so let's pick back up where we were. We have already seen in the Gemara that it's permissible to th- that um, that achilas kva, a substantial uh, a substantial meal, has to be eaten in the sukkah. Um, a snack, achilas aray, a non-substantial bite, may be eaten outside of the sukkah. How much is substantial? So we we saw the different opinions, and the halacha follows the opinion of abaya which Traces explains to mean one the, the the one egg not an egg we're talking about bread but the bread in the volume of one egg if you have an, one egg which is the maximum amount that as i say a person can swallow in one shot so in one go whatever the word is in one swallow so that's considered temporary <laughs> if you're having even a tiny little bit more than that then you must eat it in the sukkah. Going for a big bag of pretzels. Uh, sorry. Big bag of pretzels. Big bag of pretzels must be eaten in the sukkah. Same but with chips. sorry. Same with potato chips. Oh, but so what? What? Where we finished off yesterday, last week was that this is all talking. Everything we said here before is all about thing about things made from the five types of grain. So bread, pretzels, pasta, porridge, all of those type of things, and again. Nec- um, probably we'll get to it next week. We'll see m- different opinions about that, etc. Um, and um, But then we said that other foods, such as fruit, or even um, uh, any other type of food, like even even meat and potatoes, yeah. Um, strictly speaking it's permissible to eat as much of it as you want outside of the sukkah. Again, next week we'll see, or perhaps this week we'll see how it goes, but later we'll see different opinions about that, but <coughs> the halacha is as, like that. Now when it comes to wine, wine is something which the Alte Rebbe brings about, about um, to opinions and the halacha is that you shouldn't drink wine outside of the sukkah but when you eat it in the sukkah you don't make a bracha. Again, we'll see more of the background about that later. And then, that's in um, number 12, right? But then, if you, later on, it says that when you make Havdalah, you have to go into the sukkah. Why? Because just like, again, the mitzvah is, like we emphasized last week, the mitzvah is not to eat in the sukkah. The mitzvah is lay shev basukah, to dwell in the sukkah. Eating is one of the activities associated with dwelling. Um... So, anything that you would usually do in, in your house, you have to do in the sukkah. It in- includes eating, it includes drinking, it includes learning, it includes sleeping, it includes um, relaxing, spending time, all of these things that we discussed last week. So, one thing that you always do in your house is hafdallah. Where do you make hafdallah in your house? And therefore, um, for, uh, when you make hafdallah, you have to go into the sukkah. This is both the hafdallah on the end of the first two days of Yom Tif, and we didn't have it this year, but if you have a Chal- Shabbos Cholomayat, it would be a second time then as well. Um, now, the Chabad custom, and the Chabad custom is that when those, th- bo- both of those two things don't warrant a leishiv, we're going to talk later about which things, some things you don't have to eat in the sukkah, some things you have to, and some things you have to, but you don't say a bracha. Um, so... According to the simple reading of the Shulchan Aruch, even though you have to drink wine in the Sukkah, you don't make a bracha leishaib basukkah on wine. And even though you have to make havdalah in the Sukkah, you don't make a leishaib basukkah on havdalah. But when those two things come together and you make havdalah on wine, then the Chabad custom is based on the Sikh of the Frida Rebbe that we do say leishaib basukkah. If you were making havdalah on beer, for example, then even the Chabad custom would say, don't make a leishaib basukkah. Okay. Now. Now we move on to um, the the mitzvah of eating in the sukkah on the on the first night of sukkahs. and we need a new sukkah over here. Okay. okay. So this is a Mishnah in Sukkah which says as follows. Rebelezer says, A person has to eat on Sukkah 14 meals in the Sukkah. Why 14? Because the 7 days of Sukkah. 7 days means 7 days and 7 nights. And every day you eat 2 meals. Every 24 hour period, at least back in the... yeah. Now we have breakfast, lunch and supper. But it used to be there was the day meal and the night meal. So... over the period of the seven days of sukkahs, a person eats 14 meals. So a person has to eat 14 meals in the sukkah. The chachamim say, There's no, there's no um, requirement as such to eat a meal every day and the night in the sukkah. Of course, the chachamim don't disagree that if you're eating a meal, and again, a meal... Is defined by bread, as a, as a meal is always defined in halacha, right? If you're eating a meal and you're eating fourteen meals, you have to eat them in the sukkah. If you're eating twenty-five meals, you also have to eat them in the sukkah. But if ain't ain't a kitzvah, we're not telling you. If you if you want to not have any meals, then you don't have to ever eat in the. You don't have to ever eat in the sukkah. Of course, this this is this is in taking the mitzvah of sukkah in isolation. Apart from the mitzvah of sukkah, there's also the mitzvah of Shabbos and Tov. Every Shabbos and Tov, let, let's leave a chalameid aside for a second, but every Shabbos and Tov, there's a mitzvah to have a meal, a Friday night meal, a night meal, and a day meal, right? So, um, so, the Chachamim would agree that you have to have a meal of Shabbos and Tov, and you have to eat that meal in the sukkah. We'll see now to Rebbe exactly how that works out. But, of course, the Chachamim, the Chachamim are just saying that as far as sukkah is concerned, just just from the perspective of the mitzvah of sukkah, there's no minimum requirement to ever eat in eat in the sukkah. We'll see soon how that works when you bring Shabbos and Yom Tif meals into the picture. However, they add, With the exception of um, the first night of sukkahs. So on the first night of sukkahs, you have to eat a meal in the sukkah. That's all the Mishnah says. The Mishnah doesn't explain why the first night of sukkah should be any different than the rest of sukkahs. The Gemara is going to explain it. Okay. And then the Chachamim say that uh, Rabbi Lezir says that if you didn't eat um, uh, if you didn't if you didn't eat the, the meal in the sukkah, you can make it up at a later stage. And the the chachamim say no, That if you didn't eat in the sukkah on the first night of sukkas, you have it's a it's a, it's a pasuk that we've seen in other gemaras also that we've learned together. This is a crooked thing that cannot be fixed and a missing thing that cannot be counted. In other words, there's no there's no second chance for this. If you don't eat in there's a mitzvah to eat in the sukkah on the first night of sukkos, and if you neglect to do that, it cannot be um, remedied. I mean, of course, you could do teshuva, but you can't. Uh, there's no sort of later time to eat in the sukkah and make up for it. Now, <laughs> next year. sorry? Next year. next year doesn't make up for it. Next year, next year's a <coughs> tov mitzvah. Right. Yeah. My time at Rebelezer, why does Rebelezer say that you have to have 14 meals in the sukkah? Because he says, Teishvu, the mitzvah is to dwell in the sukkah, which is in Tadura, just like you live in your house the whole year. So just like when you live the whole year in your house, you have one meal at the day and one meal at night, so to on sukkah you have to have 14 meals. But Rabbanon Rabbanon says the same the exact same reasoning. You have to live in the sukkah just like you live in the house. Just like in your house, you have a choice whether or not you want to eat. So in the sukkah, you also have a choice whether you, if you want to eat, you have to be in the sukkah. If you don't want to eat you don't, just like the whole year. You could, yes, the normal habit is for people to have one meal of the day, one meal of the night. But if you choose not to eat, if you choose to do intermittent fasting, um, that's fine. However. So the Gemara says, if so, why do we need to have, uh, why, why does the Chacham say that in the first night of Sukkot, you do need to have the food in the sukkah? So the Gemara says that we learn this out with what's called the Shava. We say this every morning in Davening, right before right before the first Kaddish, Rabishma, Lima, Bishlesha, is one of the thirteen methods with which we um, um, expound the Torah is Gzeirah Shava. So we have this idea of Shava. Khamisha Asr. The Torah says that you do sukkas on the Khamisha Asar on the fifteenth of the month of Tishrei. We have another place in the Torah where we're doing a holiday. On the fifteenth, Hamisha Asar of the month of Nisan, is the month of Pesach. So, Chazal received the tradition from Aisha Rabbeinu that those two words, Hamisha Asar, are intended to connect Sukkot and Pesach, and that we take the law that applies to Pesach and apply it to Sukkot. So, what's the law on Pesach? Again, um, if a person wants to eat bread on Pesach. He has to eat unleavened bread. That is true through the entire week of Pesach. What if he doesn't want to eat bread? You don't have to eat, eat bread. Okay. In, in our minds, bread means chametz, but right, just think of matzah as being bread, right? Um, but what about the first night of Pesach? Yeah. First night of Pesach, yeah, that's what we call the Seder night. And again, it's confusing. We'll get to this soon because in Chutzlaretz we have in the Asper we have two days of Yom Tov for the right, but in Eretz it's just one night on the first night of Pesach. You have to eat a kezai's of matzah. Right? That's the mitzvah they say, to eat a of matzah. So, this Chamisha also teaches us um, that the same is true of sukkahs. According to the Chachamim, which is how we pass it, that the whole week of sukkahs, if you want to eat, you, eat you, you don't want to eat, you don't eat. But on the night of sukkahs, you have to eat a kezai's of bread in the sukkah. Okay? So now let's so see. If it's the first night of Sukkis, and it's pouring rain, and it's you know the Sukkot is ready to blow down and stuff like that. Do you fulfill the by like, just eating the bread and then going out. That's or? an excellent question, and we're going to read all about that now in the oh. Alter Rebbe. Okay, so basically there's going to be two themes, two two parallel opinions here: how to understand this whole thing of the first night of Sukkot, and that will play into your question as well. EIN KITZU LESUTHAS A SUKKAH This is the Alter Rebbe Shukhan Aruch, Chapter, Tofer Ishmael Metastik, 39, Sif Yud Zayin, Sif 17. EIN KITZU LESUTHAS SUKKAH We're asking that there is no um, minimum requirement to how many meals you eat in the sukkah. ELEHEM YIRTSU LECHE YACHEL If you want to, you eat in the sukkah. VEM And if you want, LO YACHEL RAK MINIMA MACHALIM You can only eat the entire sukkas Types of foods. SHAMUTU LACHEL CHUTZU SUKKAH You could have only eggs and apples, the whole sukkah, like Pesach. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and um, then you'll be able to eat the whole thing out of sukkah. mitzvah. The mitzvah is that if you choose to eat, you should do so in the sukkah. Now, the alt rebbe is straight away concerned. But what do you mean? It's yomtiv. It's Shabbos. You have to eat on Shabbos and yomtiv. You have to have a meal. You have to have challah. You have to have bread. Says the rebbe. This is all true of challah Cholam there's no um there's no requirements to eat a meal, so you can go to the whole cholam ayed. Avobu Yamtiv over Shabbos, but on Yamtiv and Shabbos, Avobu Yamtiv, but on Yamtiv. That's the first day, or what we call the first two days, because we have two days over Shabbos. Or on Shabbos, which sometimes sometimes is on Yamtiv and sometimes yeah. Shechayiv leichel pass yotze mikabeitzer that one is obligated to eat bread mm. more than a kibitza. So commission is Now here the Altai says something which is not a hundred percent at the way it says it there. When it comes to and this is really important, when it comes right. When it comes to, to the to the mitzvah of eating a meal on Shabbos and Yom how much bread do you have to eat? Three. Sorry, three? there's three meal. No, there's three meals in one, in each meal of Shabbos. You have the Friday night meal and the Shabbos day meal, and then there's also the third meal, which we're not going to talk about right now. In each meal, you have to have bread. How much bread do you have to eat? So there's two opinions, and as Rebs, wouldn't say, only two. Um, one opinion is that you have to have a kebetza, right? Which is an egg, the size of an egg or two olives, yeah. Another opinion is that you have to have more than a kibetzah, right? So that that's very important over here because what, when we speak about having a meal in the sukkah, we said a snack you're allowed to have out of the sukkah, a meal you have to have in the sukkah. So if you're having exactly a kibetzah, then you. Technically, can have it out of the sukkah, but if we're going to adopt the opinion that um, the suda of Shabbos and Yom Tov has to be more than a kebetza, so then you anyway have to eat it in the in the sukkah, right? Yeah, because you have you have to have your Shabbos meal, your Yom Tov meal. Your Shabbos meal, and Yom Tov meal consists of more than a kebetza of bread, so you have to eat it in the sukkah. So here in this, see over here the Alter Rebbe introduces. Just takes for granted. Now the mitzvah of having a Shabbos and Yamtiv meal is to have more than a kibbutz. Right? So he says this that we have said that there's no minimum requirements to eat in the sukkah, that's only in Khalama. But on Shabbos and Yamtiv, where are you anyway you have to have more than a kibbutz of bread, You have to eat it in the sukkah. Because right? So, even though it's true that the Chachamim say that there's no minimum requirement to eat in the sukkah, that's only in theory. In practice, it happens to be that sukkah always falls on Yom Tov and Shabbos, and in Yom and Shabbos, there's an external mitzvah to have a meal, and 2 plus 2 equals 4. You have a mitzvah to have a meal. Once you're having a meal, you have to eat it in the sukkah. Yes? So far so good? How- however, sorry? Minimum depending on the, on, well, right. you have, you have two, the first two days Yom is a minimum of four, and then Shabbos is a minimum of another two or three, but Shabbos could be on Yom tif, so, yeah. However, here comes the catch, what happens if it's raining, and again, we're not going into the Chabad custom to eat in the sukkah when it rains anyway, the strict halacha is that we, um, that when it's raining, you go into your house, Right, so you have to eat in the sukkah, but if it's raining, you go in. So if it happens to be raining for the, fall, for all the, or the whole yomtiv and the whole shabbos, yeah, or, or it doesn't have to be the whole time. If at the time that you have your shabbos meal and your yomtiv meal, it happens to be raining, then you eat in your house. This is all true after the first night of Yom Tov. But on the first night of Yom namely the night of the fifteenth of Tishrei, you have to eat in the sukkah, even if it's raining. Why? And we'll read rev inside. But essentially, what he's going to say is like this: the, ter- the, the pasuk here we learn Shav in the Gemara that you have to eat on the first night of sukkas in the sukkah. Why do I need that Pasuk to teach me that? Uh, anyway, anyway, you're having a meal in the sukkah on the first night, right. because it's Yom tif. So you anyway have to eat in the sukkah. So why do I need a special mitzvah, uh, to tell me to eat a kazayis in the sukkah from Pesach? I'm eating more than a kazayis in the sukkah. I'm eating more than a kabayi. I'm eating more than double a kazayis in the sukkah, because it's Yom tif. So the answer is, because what if it's raining? If it's raining and you're mitzvah, you're uncomfortable in the sukkah, so the normal mitzvah, the, the regular mitzvah of sukkah that applies for the whole week is 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 discharged is 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 set aside when it's raining, but this special mitzvah that you have to eat a kazayas in the sukkah, that mitzvah is um, is, is 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 over is, is is its own thing, and that overrides the rain. Because wh- what's the logic? Because why does rain? Since when? Since when does discomfort exempt you from a mitzvah? Right? If it's raining, you don't have to. I don't know what you don't have to. If it's raining, you can drive on Shabbos, right? Why can, you, why can you go inside if it's raining? You go inside if it's raining because the mitzvah of sukkah is to live in the sukkah as you live in your house. Shivas Yom, Shivas Yom, you live in the sukkah for seven days. So just like in your house, if there was a big leak in the roof, you would go into the other room. So, so too, if there's a big leak in the roof of your sukkah, you go into the other room. But that's as far as the mitzvah of seven days dwelling in the sukkah is concerned. But here now we have an additional mitzvah. In addition to the mitzvah of dwelling in the sukkah for seven days, there's a, an additional mitzvah to eat a kazayus of of bread in the sukkah on the first night of sukkahs. Concerning that mitzvah, there is no um, reference that it has to be done the same way you do it in your house. The same way you live in your house. Just like you have to eat, come what may, you have to eat the kizayis matz on the first night of Pesach. So come what may, you have to eat the kazayas on the first night of Sukkot in the Sukkah. So let's see, let's see how the Alter Rebbe says that. Everything that we said until now was only after the first night of Sukkot. But b'la'ilu shenishachag. But after the first night, on the first night of Yom Tov, Ayah and Eve of the 15th of Tishrei, even if it's raining and the rain causes discomfort even though it's raining and when uh, you uh, have discomfort and when you have discomfort generally you're released from the obligation of dwelling in the sukkah on the first night you have to eat in the sukkah because we have this gzei that compares sukkah to Pesach so it's, uh, so it's that that, that, that like the Gemara quotes the Gemara. Okay. Now, how much do you have to eat in the sukkah on the first night of sukkah? So again, if it's not raining, then you have to eat your meal in the sukkah, and your meal has to be more than like a kibbutzah. But if it's raining, and therefore you're because the rain causes you discomfort, you're exempt from the mitzvah of dwelling in the sukkah for seven days because it's not a dwelling if it's not discomfort so you only have the mitzvah of the first night in isolation what's that mitzvah? well how much matzah do you have to eat on Pesach? A Kizayis so in sukkah so you have to eat a kasayis, and that's what the alternative goes on to say over achilas when fulfills his obligation by eating a Kizayis of bread in the sukkah just as he fulfills his obligation by eating a Kizayis of Matzah on the night of Pesach however it, so you go into the sukkah one sec. Um, you go into the sukkah you have a kazayas of bread but, and now you go back into the house because you finish your sukkah mitzvah but you're not finished your meal, your meal. you still have to have another kazayas and a little bit to supplement the, the amount that you have to have for the, for the yomtif meal which is more than a kibetza, Yeah. nevertheless he's still obligated to eat more bread at home for at every of meal there's an obligation to eat more than a kibetza of bread except that when it is raining in the sukkah one must eat no more than a the kazayas there the same minimum quantity that is required to fulfill the mitzvah of eating matzah on Pesach. Now, moreover, and here you get technical, even when if it's not raining, if one desires to eat a kazais in the sukkah and eat precisely a kibetza at home, he may. Like we said before, technically, less than a, a kibetza or less of bread, you're allowed to eat in the house. So, in theory, you could go, when uh, even when it's not raining, you could go into the sukkah, make kiddush, have a kazais of bread, And then go inside the house and have another kazais, or another two kazais, not even a a crumb more than that. But that in and of itself, um, yeah, let's see that inside. Moreover, even when it's not raining, if one desires to eat the khaza in the sukkah and eat precisely kibbitzah at home, he may do so. Nevertheless, a person who is stringent and eats his entire meal in the sukkah when it's not raining is praiseworthy as stated above. And as we stated above, you are also praiseworthy if you only um, if you even if you refrain from even drinking water outside of the sukkah. Um, obviously it's it's more important to have your whole meal of Mm, uh, st- food in, in the sukkah than, than water. Water is a uh, is an extra chumrah which we'll get to next week. Okay, everybody got that clear? Good, because now we're going to confuse you. Okay. Um, then he says, okay, of course, if you're eating in the sukkah, um, even if you're only eating in the sukkah that minimum amount because it's raining, you have to make kiddush in the sukkah too because you have to have kiddush with malkum You have to have kiddush in the same place where you're having the yokazai. Okay. number 19 some authorities differ with everything we've just said I, I just want to point out what, what what cornered us into this into this interpretation of the Gemara because we have this question of what do you, what do you mean you're telling me you have to have a kazais in the sukkah you have to have a kazais you have to eat in the sukkah anyway because you have a mitzvah to have a Shabbos and Yom Tov meal, and the mitzvah to have a Shabbos and Yom Tov meal is to have more than a kebetza and so we have to have it in the sukkah. So therefore we said, oh, it must be that this extra mitzvah of the first night comes to tell you that even when the generic mitzvah of sukkah doesn't apply, why? Because it's raining. Nevertheless, you still have to eat in the sukkah. Some argue on this whole thing, and they maintain, and they say, no, shemechol, So the Shabbos of Yomtev, that in all the meals of Shabbos and Tov year-round, ain't tzarech lach el one is not required to eat more than one kazayis of bread. And hence, those authorities argue that if one desires to eat only a kazayas on yomtev or on the Shabbos meals during, during sukkahs, so he can eat outside the sukkah, he may do so. So, according to this interpretation, when the Chachamim said in the Mishnah that there is no minimum requirement to how many meals you, you eat in the sukkah, It's not only on Chalamoid. Even on Shabbos and Tov, you don't need to eat in the sukkah. Because how much bread do you need to eat according to this opinion to to fulfill the mitzvah of Shabbos and Tov meal? Well, according to this opinion, only a kazayas. The second opinion says, no, to eat your regular Shabbos and meal, you only need a kazayas. So even on Yom, Shabbos and Yom's meal, sukkah would maintain there's no minimum requirement to ever eat in the sukkah. Because you, if you choose to have your Shabbos meal and have a gesunta piece of challah, then you of course you have to have it in the sukkah. But you could choose to just have the, one kazayas, according to this opinion, and that fulfills your obligation of, of your Shabbos meal. So do you have to eat it in the sukkah? No, because you don't have to eat a kazayas in the sukkah. Mm -hmm. You only have to eat in the sukkah. How much bread do you have to eat to eat in the sukkah? More than a kibetza. Right? How many kazayas? You said two kazayas and a kibetza. Two kazayas is a kibetza. So here we're saying more than a It's two kazayas plus a little bit. Yeah. Dov um, Right. So let's see this in the English. Let's read it straight out of the English. Um, these authorities agree from the association with Pesach that we derive that it's an obligation to eat in the sukkah on the first night of Yom they maintain, however, that this association does not teach that we are obligated to eat it in the sukkah even while it's raining. They maintain that since a person feels discomfort because of the rain, he is exempt from the mitzvah of sukkah even on the first night. In other words, like this. According to the first opinion, you have to eat in the sukkah anyway because you have to eat more than a kibetza. So what's this coming to teach us? It's coming to teach us that you, that you have, to, even when you wouldn't have to eat in the sukkah because it's raining, on the first night you do have to eat that kazais in the sukkah. Second opinion says no. You Mitzvah, the mitzvah of... I'm uh, sorry. And Bamelo, according to this first opinion, you've kind of come away that there's, there's kind of two mitzvahs here. There's one mitzvah to dwell in the sukkah for a whole week, and that it has the characteristic of just like you live in your house, or just like when you live in your house, you, um, you, you would leave if there was a leak in the roof. So you leave the sukkah if there's a week in the, a leak in the roof. And then there's a separate mitzvah which says, no, you have to eat in the sukkah the first night, even if it's raining, doesn't matter. The second opinion says, no, th- th- there's only one mitzvah. The mitzvah is to dwell in the sukkah. Dwell in the sukkah means, like you live in your house, if it's raining, you leave. Dwell in the sukkah means only eat a substantiated meal, meaning more than a kebetza, in the sukkah. If you want to eat less than a kebetza, you can eat it out of the sukkah. Comes the and says, yes, it's right, that for the, it's true that for the entire sukkah, if you want to eat only one kazais of bread, you can eat it in your house. But on the first night, even though you're not really doing a substantiated meal, you're just having a small kazais. Nevertheless, you still have to eat it in the sukkah. So according to the second opinion, that's what it teach, the shava of Pesach teaches me, that even though you can, to fulfill your yom tov meal, you can, only, you can get away with only eating it because Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, you have to eat in the sukkah because of this Gzereshava from Pesach. What if it's raining according to the first second opinion? There's no mitzvah. There's no sukkah. Just it's, it's, if it's raining, it's not sukkah anymore. Just like <laughs> the mitzvah is to eat it in the sukkah. A sukkah is only a sukkah if it's not raining. If there's a leak in the roof, then there's no mitzvah of sukkah anymore. So the mitzvah. The, the, why should the if. In other words, like this, according to the second opinion, you have a mitzvah of sukkah, Usually it only applies to a kibet, more than the kibitz, and so now it applies to kazais. But if there's no mitzvah of sukkah because it's raining, so then how could that how could the non-mitzvah apply to kazais? There is no mitzvah, it's raining. Right? Now here, here we have a problem because um According, you you can't just say okay, be In other words, what are you what are you going to do if it's ra- if it's raining on the on the first night of sukkas? Yeah, so again, Chabad custom is eat in the sukkah well, we anyway. So we kind of yeah, but, but at least the way it says it, and then I don't remember if the Alter Rebbe gets into this one. One second. Um, let's say if it's raining on the first night. So according to the first opinion, you have to you have to you have to eat in the sukkah anyway, and you have to eat in the sukkah, and you have to say bracha leishavas sukkah because that's the mitzvah of the first night. Even though generally, again, not our, the, 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 not our minhag, but the normative minhag is that if it's raining, you certainly don't you go home. But even if you're in the sukkah, you certainly don't say bracha. Yeah, I'm going to to say bracha anyway. that's well, no, 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 not the discussion for now. Um, right, so that's what. So, 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 according to the first opinion, if it's raining on the first night, you have to say a bracha, right? Uh, you have to eat in the sukkah. And you have to say a bracha. According to the second opinion, not only do you not have to eat in the sukkah, but you're not allowed to say a bracha, right? That's that's a. B. What happens? You come home from shul. It's eight o'clock. It's pouring rain. According to the second opinion, what are you supposed to do? Go inside your house and make kiddush in your house, right? According to the second opinion, okay, what do you do if 10 o'clock, according to the second opinion, 10 o'clock it stops raining, the clouds disperse, and it's a beautiful night. It's still the night, if it rains till the morning, so that's it, you missed it. But if it stops raining at 10 o'clock, okay, now there's, now, now you have to eat, now you have to go into the sukkah and eat the and you have to make a bracha. be sukkah. Right? So that's why, outside of Chabad, it's the it, the practice is that if it's raining on the first night of Sukkot, you wait until the rain stops. Any other night of Sukkot or day of Sukkot, if it's raining, they'll eat inside the house. But on the first night of Sukkot, if it's raining, they're going to wait until the rain stops because because we have these two opinions and according you can't you can't they're mutually exclusive. According to the first opinion, you have to eat now in the sukkah with leishir basukah. According to the second opinion, you're not allowed to say leishir basukah now. So. The thing Well, so or that. You the, wait till midnight. Um, I think, if I recall correctly. Right yeah, no, I think, I think, if I recall correctly, Mishnah Bura talks about Chatzah. The There's an interesting Mishnah Bura there where he says that you should only. that you can't be from on somebody else's Chashman. So he says if you have guests, if you want to do this Chumrah of waiting till the rain stops and you have guests and you're going to make your guests starve, the Mitzvah of of feeding your guests is more important. Um, yeah, anyway so now you don't have guests, it's just you what's, that, what's the time yeah. that considers I, I have to they? look at it, the doesn't go into this, right? I don't have the Mishnah Buri in front of right, me but I think you know, it's no, no. Chazor, I, th- I believe it's Chatzor <coughs> right now um, then you have like this uh, Lema'is L- 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 is an interesting thing because the Chabad custom about eating in the sukkah and the rain all these things are not, it's not like an I don't know that it's a, quote, official Chabad custom. It's not like in the Sefer I'm in the Rebbe wrote. That's just what we do, because that's what we saw other Chassidim do, that's what we saw the Rebbe do. But in this case, it comes out of, usually, you will say, okay, it's a Chumrah, it's today, raining, but I'm going to eat in the Sukkah anyway. But there's also, it's like a strange thing, like you're saying a bracha, you're saying the like, sukkah when it's raining, that's the thing. And in this case, also, we would say, no, just it's raining, it doesn't matter, just go into the Sukkah and... Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a difficult, our minhag is a difficult minhag to understand how it fits with all the Paschum. Again, we're not really getting into that now, I'm just uh, mentioning. Um, now, okay, so now, what about the second night? Because, uh, like, we have two Seder nights, so do you have two, two things? So the alternative is like this. Even though, I have to find the English. The halacha follows the first view. but Nevertheless, on the second night of Yom Tov that we have in the diaspora, since we know the dates of the month, and thus the observance of the second day is merely a, a, a custom, it's a, it's a tricky word of a custom, but okay, one may rely on the leniency of the second opinion. One is not required to eat in the sukkah if it's raining. So the altar basically basically that the first night you have to eat in the sukkah even if it's raining, and you say leishabah sukkah because we paskin again, we pascham like the first opinion, Right, and the Alter Rebbe doesn't say like the Mishnah Purah, like they say that you should be choishesh for both. Right, you should and wait till the rain stops. Um, but uh, but if you one desires to undertake the stringency of the following the first opinion on the second night as well, he need not recite Kiddush in the sukkah. Instead, he should recite Kiddush and eat his entire meal at home, and then after he's eaten, he should go into the sukkah to eat the kezayis. But he should not say Leishah Sukkah if it's raining. Okay, now. Okay, one more sif over here. Since the obligation to eat in the sukkah on the first night is derived from the association with eating matzah, its observance must resemble the observance of the mitzvah of eating matzah in all its particulars. During the day before the onset of Yom Tiv, one should not eat from the late afternoon onward, so that one will eat in the sukkah with an appetite. So just like an Arab Pesach in the afternoon, you're supposed to not have a lot of food to eat. You, know, you shouldn't eat a lot, so that when it comes to the mitzvah of matzah, you're eating with a great appetite. So the same is true on Sukkos, one should not eat in the sukkah until after the appearance of the stars. Again, before we start the seder, we wait till it's completely nighttime. The same is true for sukkahs, and we should be careful to eat before midnight. Uh-huh. Yeah, and all these particulars resemble the, matzah, I say to the laws of Pesach. So you don't have to lean to the left, but you do um, what w- one should. It doesn't say this explicitly, but it says all the particulars follow the laws of matzah. So just like when we have the kazayis of matzah, we eat the whole kazayis within the time span of achilas pras within. Uh, two, three minutes, four minutes, whatever it is, yeah? and you don't talk in the middle, you have the whole mitzvah in one go, so certainly, ideally, one should ha- do the same thing with the first kezayis of challah, the first piece of challah that you have in the sukkah, on the first night of sukkah, um we should do so, and, and the same is true on the second night. When, in other words, the al Rebbe says that on the second night you could be lenient when it's raining, so you, don't, you could rely on the second opinion, but if it's not raining, and it's just the normal mitzvah. So just like we have two the nights, you have two s nights. And the second night also you should have a kazais of, of of bread and on the first day of sukus in the afternoon you shouldn't eat a, a a big meal, so that you should have an appetite left for the night and all of those particulars. Su- okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now kumtazoi. Oh, now here I'm gonna. It's 9:39. Let's finish off with this, and then next week we'll get into the particulars of what you do and don't have to eat in the sukkah and the dwelling and all that stuff. And also in the following weeks, talk about uh, what does it mean the mitzvah to spend time in the sukkah, which uh, we've alluded to a number of times. Okay, so there is a the question of mitzvahs triches kavonah. This is a. This is not a unique question to sukkahs. This is a question in, in all mitzvahs of the Torah. Um, does the mitzvah require kavana, intent? Um, hold on. So many people are familiar. Uh, f- f- first, before we talk about sukkahs, yeah. A person talk so about shaking lulav. A person was 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 cleaning up. He was tidying up. There's lots of things lying around. there, He needs a space. He's tidying up, and as he's doing it, he picks up the lulav and Esther and puts it on the table. He didn't realize it was. He didn't know that it was sukkahs bechlal. He didn't know what a lulav is. He didn't know what a sukkah, Esther is. Has he fulfilled the mitzvah of shaking lulav and Esther? So the normative answer. W- 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 the norm, again, there's a lot of discussion, but the normative approach is that when it comes to a mitzvah, it, a biblical mitzvah, we say mitzvah, tshichas kavana that you have, to, you have to have in mind that what you're doing now is a mitzvah. Right. right? Now, when it comes to eating in the sukkah, there's an additional element to this, um, and that is that there's th- there's three mitzvahs where the Torah says leman mitzvah uh, tzvillin, uh, tzitzvillin and, and 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 sukkah, that you should do those mitzvahs leman so that you will know that I took you out of Egypt, and so some of I think the the Bach. From the back, and others, yeah. That when you when you're eating in the in the sukkah, this is not just the first night. Any that you're in the sukkah, not just when you're eating in the sukkah. Any time that you're sitting in the sukkah and you're fulfilling the mitzvah of dwelling in the sukkah, because you're making a your phone call, writing an email, or having a frumkin or whatever it is, you should have in mind. I mean, you can't have it in mind the whole time, but at least when, when you when you sit down to sit, and when you start doing it, or when you say the prophet, you know, So you should have in mind not just that this is the mitzvah of sukkah in a generic way, but in a more particular way that this is I'm doing this mitzvah of sukkah to remember that. I Hashem took us out of Egypt and, and, and surrounded us with, uh, with the clouds of glory, um, etc. Almost all opinions would agree that that is not ma'akif. that that doesn't uh, uh, disqualify the mitzvah. In other words, if you ate the mitzvah of sukkah, and you said, I'm doing this to fulfill the mitzvah of sukkah, but you didn't have in mind that the sukkah is there for the nana are covered, that it wouldn't disqualify the mitzvah. Almost all authorities agree on that. However, let's see, I want to read to you the Alter Rebbe in the, in the very beginning of the laws of Sukkot, chapter um, 625. Um, I'll read it just in English. It is written, you shall dwell in Sukkot for seven days, so that your coming generation shall know that I caused the children of Egypt to dwell in Sukkot when I took them out of the land of Egypt. The term Sukkot in the latter context refers to the clouds of God's glory. Um, one second. Yep, yeah. that encompassed Jewish people and provided them with shade, so that they would not be smitten by the scorching heat and sun. In emulation of this, Hashem commanded us to make sukkos that are made for shade. Right. So this is actually an important thing. The Alter Rebbe Paschens later on he elaborates on this that when you put the schach. This schach has to be ma- put there um, for the purpose of shade only, not for the purpose of, for whatever other purpose you might have put there something. Um, you might have just put out your mat because you need it for storage or you want it to dry out, and then it happens to be sukkahs. and are like, oh, I have schach, that, I know, that's not good. actually put. And there's much discussion. There's uh, somebody, uh, somebody told me that somebody in Chicago has a makeshift of this, but there was a very famous controversy in the, probably in the 80s or 90s, where there was the Hochschach, the there was a Jew in Antwerp, Rabbi Slavitutsky knows him, um, who came up with this system, you would like this, Bob, um, where he had a waterproof sukkah, where basically, did you show me a picture of this? No, basically, I think he, of this. Well, he basically had his bamboo sticks cut into a um, like a gutter shape, like an upside down, like a U or a V, mm-hmm. and he had two layers um, where he had you know, let's say two bamboos like this with a gap in between, and then one on top like that, okay. and they were all on a little slope. And so, okay. the, you, he, basically, his sukkah was was waterproof. Right. And I actually, I one of my, I've, n- I've never seen it in real life, yeah. but there was a, in in the shul in Antwerp. I, my, my grandparents are from Antwerp. Um, as a child in Antwerp, I was once there for sukkahs. And there was an individual who davened in the Chabad shul there by the name of Mr. Pearl. Unfortunately he passed away, he was a young man. Um, but he he had that schach at home. Um, and he invited me to come and see it. But uh, my grandfather was very strict and he told me, no, I have to come home with him. And so I never got a chance to see it. Um, it so it became a big um, controversy because the halach is that rain has to be able to penetrate the schach. So, but some understood that to mean that your schach can't be so thick, like it can't be so sturdy like the roof of your house that doesn't let in rain. He argued that this is not a sturdy roof. This is just some flimsy bamboo sticks. I've just positioned them strategically. Um, whoops. Hold on, hold on. The zoom. the zoom went off. Hold on. The zoom went off. You we have to go back about 30 seconds. All right. We were just in the U-shaped. Right. So I'm just saying, so he argued that... Th- he argued that he argued that this would be okay because it's not a sturdy roof it's flimsy bamboo sticks but they're just positioned in a strategic way that doesn't allow in the rain i think that sort of in the beginning it was like oh this is such a cool idea but it was basically i think avalashov and many others it's based on a thesis where they understood that no that there has to actually be a possibility for rain to, to come in, and so that never sort of didn't become popular, didn't really kick off. And really, that's all they don't want us to know how to do this. Yeah, it seems like it's important, so they've cut us off. <laughs> right. The mute button. My Wi-Fi is working. Oh, it's working now. Okay. All right, anyway. Don't you have to be able to see the stars? So... So there is a thing about seeing the stars. Now that's another interesting Chabad custom, which is based. This is, I think, brought in say from Minhagim, which says that the Alter Rebbe used to tell, say, noch noch that to put a lot. The Chabad custom is to put a lot of schach, um, uh, if you can afford it. Nowadays, the schach is very expensive. <laughs> but, but so somebody asked uh, one of the rabbis, I forget which one. What about seeing the stars? And uh, I think he, he poked a stick through, and there was a whole to to, to 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 see the stars, which is again that's not the norm the, the normative understanding of the normative understanding of that you have to see the stars is that the schach shouldn't be so thick, and um, uh, uh, you should be able to see through the stars. The truth is, it's not just chabad. There are other chasidim also. The tzanzach chasidim, I think, other also a very thick schach. Besides seeing the stars, it's another. It's also a difficult minute to understand, because if the schach has to be placed there only for the purpose of shade, but once you already have the whole surface covered and you're just putting more schach, so that extra schach is not there for shade anymore, what's it there for? So, that's another question. Again, these are all complicated things which I don't really necessarily have all the answers for. Um, but, uh, yeah, anyway. So, al the Um... Okay, when dwelling in the Sukkah, and uh, in, in the Hebrew it says therefore, and uh, there's some discussion whether it's supposed to say uh, therefore or also, but either way in the English they skip that word. When dwelling, therefore, let's read it like that. Therefore, when dwelling in the Sukkah, everyone should therefore have the intent that he is dwelling in it to, in order to fulfill the mitzvah of the Holy One, blessed be he who commanded us to dwell in the Sukkah in commemoration of the exodus of Egypt. Okay? So now, the question now becomes like this. What happens if, uh, where are we here? Um, what happens if on Hamoed Yitzchukas, a person ate in the sukkah, complete, he had a meal in the sukkah completely um, by accident. He didn't even realize he was in the sukkah. And he certainly didn't have in mind that he's eating in the sukkah in order to fulfill the mitzvah of sukkah. Did, did he do the mitzvah or did he not do the mitzvah? Was it a mitzvah or not? So according to the opinion, which again is normally we're passing like that opinion, he didn't do a mitzvah. Just like if you happen to be tidying up and you picked up your lulav, right? You didn't do the mitzvah. So he didn't do the mitzvah. W- what's he going to do about it? Nothing. There's nothing you can do about it. It's, it's, it's done, right? You it, you're going to eat again. It's not going to help you. Then what you eat now is the eating in the sukkah. But eating again won't undo what you did before, right? But what about the first night? On the first night, there's a mitzvah to eat a kazayas in the sukkah on the first night there's a mitzvah to eat a kazais in the sukkah Um, so if you ate in the sukkah if you had your meal in the first night in the sukkah without having in mind that you're doing this to fulfill the mitzvah so then perhaps you should have to eat again and that's Taka brought down uh, there's a story in the chidah that he woke up in the middle of the night and he went back down to the sukkah um, because he, he didn't have in mind, I don't remember exactly the details of that story. But that would be the normative, the normative sack If a person uh, finishes his meal and he's like, you know what, I didn't even have in mind that I was doing a mitzvah. I was just eating at my deck because it was good weather, um, and. Even more specifically, some argue that even if you did have in mind that you were doing the mitzvah of sukkah, but you didn't have in mind that you were doing the special mitzvah of the first night. Remember we said that there's an additional component to the mitzvah of the first night. So what if a person ate in the sukkah on the first night of sukkahs, and he knew that he's doing the mitzvah of sukkahs, but he didn't know that he was doing this additional aspect of the mitzvah to eat in the first night in the sukkah. And that's a very common occurrence. Many people don't know that. And then he goes to the space of HaShayva in the rabbi's sukkah, and the Rabbi is talking about how there's a mitzvah, and he's like, hey, I didn't know that. So now, does he have to eat again a kezayis in the sukkah? Right? So, the, again, the normative... What? No, but the first night, it, every day, the rest of sukkahs, you missed it. The first night, there's a mitzvah to eat a in the sukkah, so if you eat again now, you, you won't rectify, you won't retroactively make that the mitzvah, but you still have... Same night. Yeah, it's because still, the the, rabbis, yeah, 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 or in the rabbis, okay. Oh, right yeah. Yeah. okay, mm-hmm. however, so there is, the Mati Ephraim brings, the Mati Ephraim is a very prominent, sefer on um, all the laws of the holidays of Tishrei, starting from Elor, Rosh Hashanah, uh, one of the things that, we, that you know, Lubavitch is very famous about the Mati Ephraim is he's the one to suggest that you should check your, Zuzas um, every every year before every uh, before Elul before Rosh um, Hashanah, and that was quoted many times by the Rebbe. Um, so he says here yeah. So he brings what I said before that you have to eat it. the first night the eat the Achilus and he talks about how long that is, etc. And then he says, I lost the place and Hold on. Okay, we're not. It's already getting late. We're not going to do this inside. But he says like this. He suggests that this concept that mitzvah striches kavana um, has an exception. What's the rationale? Why do we say mitzvah striches kavana? Mitzvahs, why should Mitzvahs do this? Because if you don't have Kavanah, that you're doing a Mitzvah, then it's misasik, right? Then it's. You're not really doing anything. It's like, it's like you know, if, if, if you. Wa- let's say, I mean, for example, you're not allowed to kill on Shabbos, yeah? Not allowed to kill an insect on Shabbos. Yeah? What happens if you're walking down the street and you happen to step on an ant or a spider and kill it? Right now. You never even knew about it. Right? So that's not, you know, you could do, you could violate an, a mitzvah b'mezid, you could do it inadvertently, you could have forgotten that it was Shabbos, you could have not known that you're not allowed to kill a spider on Shabbos this is nothing, you didn't do anything, you were misasic so the reason why mitzvah is, is because if you didn't have in mind that you're doing a mitzvah, then you're misasic. you didn't do anything, it's like just you happen to be flapping your hands and the light switch went off, you know, like that's not called, right? So there's um. There's a there's a a notion that when it's misasak is that when it comes to food, there there's no there's no there's no dinner come on because you've eaten food that's something that's uh, you've you've dig- you've ingested it you're digesting it it becomes part of you that is uh, um that is th- th- there we don't say um. We don't say that you, that be evident that if you didn't have kavanah, that it's like you didn't do the mitzvah. Because at the end of the day, you ingested the food. Now, the Altarebu talks about this in the laws of Pesach. If a person eats matzah without intent, he was just hungry, he happened to have this cracker, so he didn't have a mind to eat matzah. Yotze, he does fulfill his obligation of eating matzah. This, the, the statement that Chazal say that if you do a mitzvah without having intent, um, that you don't fulfill your obligation. Only they only said this with regards to mitzvahs um, that he uh, that don't have any pleasure benefit to the body. For, going Krishna, for example, recitation of Shema. You were practicing your Hebrew reading and you just opened the Siddur and you happen to say the Shema. Did you fulfill your obligation of saying the Shema every morning and every night? No. Because you didn't have in mind that you were doing this for a mitzvah. You're playing around with the trumpet. And That you know, was the example I gave. If a person did not intend while he was doing them to do them for the sake of the mitzvah, he did not do the mitzvah at all. It's like mitzvah. It's like mitzvah means, I don't know how to translate mitzvah. I mean, you're not doing anything. It's like you, st- you stepped on the spider while you were walking. Ve'in mitzvah. Avo mitzvah but mitzvahs that are eating kegoin. Listen closely. One of the examples of mitzvahs that are considered eating. Pesach, the carbon Pesach, matzah, omare. Uh, he gives the three examples of he gives the three examples of Pesach Matzomar because, because there is pleasure and benefit to the body even though you didn't intend to eat to, to fulfill the mitzvah with this you can't say I didn't eat because I didn't think Right? you could say I didn't kill the spider what happens to be my father, I didn't kill the spider you can't say I didn't eat just because I thought I was eating a cracker. The mitzvah is to eat. Look, says the Mati Ephraim, and I believe the Mishnah Bura also says this: that but the if you didn't have in mind that you're eating in the sukkah for a mitzvah, it doesn't matter because it's eating. And eating, just like if you eat matzah, you're Um So also, if you eat, um, if you eat, uh, if you eat in the sukkah without kavanah you're also yotzei. So that's basically what the Matthew Ephraim says, however, However, it's difficult to say that, that this, should, this should be the case. And M'shem Azam basically um, says this too. He, he, he says that you can't compare sukkahs to, to, to matzah. It's true that if you eat matzah without kavoniyah but in sukkah there's no mitzvah to eat. The mitzvah is not the eating of the challah. What is the mitzvah? Like we said last week, there's no mitzvah to eat in the sukkah. There's no mitzvah mitzvah of The mitzvah is to, 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 to live in the sukkah. It happens to be that chazal derived from the Gzai Yashavah that in order to fulfill the mitzvah of dwelling in the sukkah, you have to eat a kazayis in the first night in the sukkah. But it's not the eating of the kazayis. You can eat the same kazayis a few feet away and it won't be a mitzvah. It's the fact that you're, 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 you're living, you're dwelling in the sukkah now. Mm-hmm. So it's very arguably, yeah, you could say that no, that when it comes to matzah, even if you had no intention because you actually ate, you, and you, and like in the words of the Alter Rebbe, your your body derived benefit from the mitzvah. So, therefore, you've done a mitzvah. But when it comes to eating in the sukkah, just because your body derived benefit from the from the piece of challah, that doesn't necessarily mm, perforce mean that your body derived benefit from the mitzvah. The mitzvah is to, li- to mitzvah isn't even to eat. The mitzvah is teishu, is to live, to dwell in the sukkah, and eat, and. And even if you say it's to eat, it's to eat in the sukkah. It's the combination of eating and the fact that you're eating it while you're in this thing of, of, of being in the sukkah. So, um, if a person did eat the first night in the sukkah without intending to eat, to, that he's doing a mitzvah, and where it be- really becomes relevant is that according to some of, some achrenim, this would apply even if he did have in mind that he's eating in the sukkah but he didn't have in mind to fulfill the specific mitzvah of the first night in the sukkah, um, then one would have to, uh, at least ideally, eat d- do the mitzvah again um, okay, we're gonna stop here and then next week we'll do more about um, different types of food and, and when, when one has to eat in the sukkah, when not, when we make bracha, when not, etc.